So I put it out there on Instagram to um, get some um, Apple reviews because it helps helps the uh, the algorithms. Yep. Someone called Mitchapalooza is giving us five stars. Ripper listening, wrap your ears around it. Thanks, Mitchapalooza. I like it. We don't think you're a loser at all. Ha 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 ha. That's the only housekeeping I've got is. If you've got five minutes, just go and give us a rating on your podcast app. So far, we've only had five-star reviews, so that might be building us up, you know, false confidence. False confidence like my Uber rating has yeah. also dropped down below 4.75 again, but I've fucked them off and I'm on DD full-time now, yeah. so suck a dick, Uber. I reckon that for you is just a like a market adjustment. It's like you're back down, like you're not that good of a bloke, and neither am I, and that's why I'm down 4.73 and... Just adjusted down to the to where we should be. So. Fair enough. So one off the wood in the Coogee Studios over in Sydney today. Yep. Um, Sunday afternoon. I've got to catch a flight very shortly. So this could be, actually should be our shortest episode. Otherwise, I'll just miss the flight and we'll just do an epic long one off the wood all mm. night. We'll get shit faced and go down to the hotel. It's like it's a uh, what's a white elephant or something. It's the it's the it's the thing that we're always trying to get the the sub one hour podcast. The unicorn. We, the yeah, the unicorn. We can never do it, but we might be forced into it for this one. That's all right. Sometimes when you get forced into things, it's not always a bad thing. Just run with what's happening. I reckon. <laughs> That's. I'll leave. I'll leave that one to go through to the keeper. Speaking of which, this episode was supposed to be the the one you were going to put together a um. Oh, the the one app. Yep. So if you go back to um, episode twenty one, I'm developing an app just to help find you the one. So it's not an app for the people; it's an app for you. Um, it's still in development. We'll we'll come back next episode and okay. we'll come with the results. I'm looking forward to it. I just don't want you to rush it. Like yeah. you know, I don't want to force it because we but, want it to be. But I, I took some of your inputs uh, when we were having a little little surf yesterday. So no Asians. That was the um. I didn't say that explicitly, did I? <laughs> I might have. No, it's just like, what do you, what's your preference oh, you for ethnicity? For a, and I was yeah. just going on stats. Yeah, statistically, so no Asians in your past. In the past. But look, I still haven't found the one, so maybe that's... Oh, maybe it should be the George can... Costanza approach, where you go exact opposite of everything that's worked for you in the past. Okay. Yeah. Start looking at girls over six foot. It's tall girls in their 60s, Asian maybe born. Not that. Speaking of girls in their 60s, right, and the one, yeah. perfect segue, I was driving through Cot on the weekend, last weekend, and coming out of Broom Street in Cot, there's this Audi, white Audi, roof down, lovely looking older lady, I, I got a bit closer, and you know who it was. Tell me it wasn't. It was JB. JB. It was fucking JBish in the hood, um, and I was too late, I recognised her too late to like turn and crash into her. Which is probably what I should have done. Oh, the, the crash into. It's like, like, oh, I don't know what happened. Um, should we swap details? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what'd you do on the weekend? Oh, I ran into JB down in Cot. Yeah. It's like, I actually fucking ran into her. I think, uh, yeah. Well, but I didn't. I didn't. I, she gone. Now I know where she lives. So I'm probably looking at rentals down in Cot as though if anyone lives on Broom Street. Um, she'd be living where she lived, City Beach or somewhere like that. No, somewhere no, I'm pretty sure she's down in Cot. Cot, mate, it's a nice spot down there. Look, 
Twiggy's onto it. I think if you see her again, definitely crash into her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the second time you've come across it. So I think the universe is trying to get you two together. But I saw some news article with her and her partner. Her partner is very attractive old man. And I think he might have your number. <laughs> and then <laughs> <Yeah>. some. <laughs> I hope he knows who he is. You've got to watch my, out for him. Yeah. My, my, um, <laughs> I had, my parents are in Perth at the moment, even though I'm in Sydney. Shout oh. out. And shout out to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Um, we were over over here for this for a wedding for the weekend, but um, mum constantly trying to set me up with people, as as are you Just now as well. Random. So I'm not and trying to set you up with anyone. I'm doing the opposite. We went through this last yeah. episode, <laughs> and I dropped a bit of Jay Bish chat, and mum looked up if she had any daughters. I wonder if Julie's got any daughters. I was like, mum, those. You haven't been listening to the podcast, mum, because those grapes have been squeezed dry. The vintage, the Bisho. Uh, vintage is over. It's not happening anymore. She doesn't have daughters, does she? She's got no kids no. at all. None. Didn't didn't spawn a seed. That that is a winery in you retirement. The, yeah. the the trains left I'd the station. Say the fucking, she yeah. looks um virile to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Jay Bish is over, so she won't be on the list. Hey, um, just another bit of housekeeping. What are we taking off the wood today? Mate, this is a classic. The four X gold. Castlemaine, they've gone back to the old, um, the vintage label, which was like what for or what um, Emu Export did last summer. The guy with the cricket bat on it, it's a ripper. I like it. Castlemaine. Castlemaine, Forex Gold, one standard drink for a stub. The mid strengths are good driving beers, I call them, because it's one can or one stubby per hour, easy to count. You just look in the footwell, you know how many you've had, you know if you can keep driving. I reckon it's good, but you've got to drive me to the airport, so. Um, you know, when, when I first moved to Melbourne, it was still legal to drink in the car in, in Victoria and they only changed the law recently. So we'd do our surf trips with six-pack of light beers in the car and have a couple. A guy at work dropped this story the other day and he, he did it around people he shouldn't have done it. He's like, oh, I had a pretty stressful day. So I went to the supermarket and got, got every all the food for the, for the kids, grabbed a 10-pack and cracked them and had two before I even got home. And... Standard Victorian behaviour. Well, that's right. But the English um, chick at work rang me and was like, oh, you wouldn't believe what Mm. said. Um, And I I pretended to be a bit shocked. Like, oh, that's a bit full on. But I was really thinking like, that's pretty standard Australian behaviour from the 90s and 80s. It's just not really acceptable anymore. All the 2000s, I started driving in 2004. And I remember you guys came over to Vico and we'd go surfing. And it was, oh, yeah, we'll grab beers. We'll just grab one out of the esky, sit it between the legs. Because you're legally allowed to drink whilst driving. You get pulled you over, you blow over, but you wait 10 minutes and you blow under because yeah. you've only had one beer. And, and light you beers, like two, out. you could have a, one light beer, you know, for a two-hour drive or two light beers. It's not really a big deal. Because I think the way we did it in Tassie when I was first got my license is you'd crack a beer once you got within sort of half an hour to your destination yeah. when you're out in the middle of nowhere. So you're like, all right, when, once you hit, you'd know the turn off when everyone cracks a beer. Yep. And it's not like you're driving around pissed. It's just... But you're allowed to do it in Vico. That's but doing it on the way home from the supermarket to your family after a heavy day's work is that's a different thing. I, I think. think so. I worked at a bottle shop in um, Darwin, Hidden Valley Tavern. If anyone knows it, get around that place. It's um, it's Hidden Valley Tavern. Hidden Valley Tavern. It's near the race course, but they have they have toppies there a couple of nights a week or a couple of afternoons a week. Toppies. Uh, it's um West Australian Northern Territory thing. We've talked about it before. Where yeah, the, the girls behind the bar, but in the territory, skimpies. they get their skimpies. They get their tits out. What's it called in the territory? Um, toppies. Toppies. Yeah. So skimpies they, in WA, toppies in Northern yeah. Territory. Yep. 
Just they're tits out behind the bar. It's great. Yeah. As like 22-year-olds, we're like, this is the best job I've ever had. It's fantastic. Did you have to get your tits out? I didn't. It wasn't a requirement. I had a singlet on. Man, that's some, right. that's messed up <laughs> shit, isn't it? Do you reckon it's like that still? It's just being flaunted. It definitely is. We, every time I go back to We've, we've talked about in. this before. Like, WA is backwards. NT is more backwards. It's brilliant, mate. Probably do it in Queensland too. They, um, this bottle shop, right? We used to open it at 10 in the morning. Or was it 10, 10 or 10.30 in the morning? And if we didn't open the roller door on time at the bottle shop, there was tradies banging on the door because they'd be coming around for a tallie, like a, a man stubby, the, what are they, 750? A, a long neck, yeah, in other languages. <laughs> um, they'd, they'd come and grab a long neck for Smoko. And then on the way home, everyone knocks off at two o'clock and they'd grab more tins and drive home. And yep. we were explicitly told at the time, this was granted 10 years ago, if people drive through the drive through doesn't matter how fucking wasted they are, serve them and get them the fuck out of here. Like there was no, you like, you cause no trouble if you if you just because they've been through here. it, they've been through it before. If you refuse to serve them because they're clearly wasted yeah. and they've been at the pub, shit goes down and yeah. and they were just like just serve them and get them the fuck out of here. What, what, so, that's hilarious. It's fucked up. I can like, understand it. Like four p.m. Not wasted. Yeah. Did you ever have the cops come and have to deal with anything there or? Nah, never. But the the. Every pub, every country pub or just rural pub has a has a um, a, a regular alcoholic who often is actually the guy who cleans the pub in the morning because then he works out, he gets paid, he lives near the pub slash at the pub. Yeah. This particular guy, I can't remember his fucking name. He fat bloke, clearly an alcoholic, slept in his front seat of his barina every day, and he was a menace on the forklift. And he comes fanging around one day, like raw, pretending to be wasted. It's like ten in the morning. It's like swaying through the drive-through, like this this forklift goes around and goes up to this green barina parked next to it with the forklift and just picks it up, picks up the back of this barina, like tips it on one tire. It's like Aah! screaming and shit, and it's his fucking car. But the, all the people in the bottle shop, are like holy fuck, holy is this nugget? Oh, nugget, that was his name. It's like nuggets out of control. Nuggets lost the plot. He's picked up a barina. He's out of here. Yeah, it's gold. Uh, Love that shit. Gold, forex gold, forex gold. And that story was brought to you today by forex gold. Another forex gold moment with was. (laughs) Take one off the steering wheel next next time you've had a shit day at work. We talked about morning drinking. We're okay with it as long as you're not a full blown alcoholic. Drinking while driving. We're okay. We're okay. Stay under the limit. Stay under the limit. Hundred percent. Take one off the highway. Yep. We've done it before. And it's, uh, yeah, we don't, we're not the cops. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Can I bring up, because this is, we'll try and get this out today. So it's it's up to date. And actually none of our news stories are up to date anyway. But I just wanted to shout out to to a small business that I found out about in um, Launceston. Go on. Um, So apparently there's a, there's a crew in Launceston who are collecting echidnas and selling them to China for their aphrodisiac purposes, for like herbal for remedies rooting. for boner problems. Oh, no, oh sorry. <laughs> Not rooting the echidnas. So, look, I'm all for small business coming out of Tassie. I think it's good. And echidnas look spiky little fucks. They're not super useful. But anyway, these guys have been busted. They're the new rhino horn, the Aussie rhino. So they're like they must like be, grinding yeah. down the spines. Like, like I never heard of it, but the Chinese, yeah. they're into it. Rubbing echidna spikes on their, on their flaccid... Dicks. <laughs> How's the business going? Uh, not good. I think they've been busted. You can't you can't go around um, exporting a kidney to China <laughs> for boner pills. So yeah. How would you export an echidna? 
Like, are they? Is there someone? Ca- you wouldn't want to put that down your pants, strap it to your body, would you? You've got to be just in a box getting a no, gun. No, I, I don't know because like even catching in a kidney, put on a a big glove, I guess, like a yeah, like a welding glove, pick it up. But how do you? They you, dig into a hole. They think that they're invincible, and they just mm. poke their head in the sand like an emu or like an ostrich. And, yeah, and then like Curl up you just like could a ball pick them up. The back. Yeah. I was being a kid, ball. I remember our dogs would always try to attack echidnas and oh, yeah. come back with bloody lips. And they loved it, though. They loved it, yeah. <laughs> Horny dogs. They've come know. back real randy. That's what's happened, hasn't it? Yeah, I think a killing an echidna would be difficult. Um, but then I assume they just like hit it on the with a bat and take the spikes off, ground them up and put them in a capsule. If I was going to kill an echidna, I'd break a couple of spikes off, turn around and stab it with its own spikes. Yep. Absolutely. Not that I would kill an echidna. No, we don't condone killing echidnas. And I don't think they <clears throat> do anything for... Look, actually, to be fair, I've never tried. But if maybe just rub an echidna on your junk to get the same effect without killing the echidna. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sustainable echidna S- erections. Yeah, so just keep one in your house. Maybe they need to go to more of a sustainable thing. How's... um So over in New South Wales, shitloads of bushfires going on. They're obviously in drought, so everything's pretty tinderbox dry. Yep. We're coming into December, and it's um yeah pretty full on. There's fires everywhere. Sydney just smells like smoke. Well, I was down south near Braidwood, um, almost near Canberra actually. There was a bushfire down there. Roads closed and stuff. It's pretty hectic. I saw on the bloody news that that koala. Everyone's seen the koala. The lady pulls her shirt off, rescues the koala from from the side of the road, yep. and you know takes it down to the koala hospital, and. Uh, Sadly, this week, the koala passed away. They'd given it all sorts of stuff. They'd tended to its burns. Mm. Spent a lot of money on this koala. Um, but it didn't survive, so it's nah. very sad. And look, I want to start with a positive that it's done great things for Australian um, advertising Australia as a country. It's made global news. People are all about this this little fried koala. But um, unfortunately, it's passed away. That koala hospital got something 1.4 or 1.8 million 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 dollars in donations wow the koala hospital yep i would rather see that money put into a real hospital with people i'll just put that that's my opinion yeah look look, we're a friend of the echidnas and we're a friend of the koalas we're like would say pro koala pro pro echidna i'm pro koala i'm pro pro australian animals but why the fuck are we donating two million dollars to a fucking koala. It's almost hospital. cruel trying to save that koala. Like Absolutely. If you, What's this guy going to do? He's come across get... a koala that's covered in third degree burns. You Boom. shoot it in the head. And that's the nice thing to do. It's done. It's over. And look, getting some money into a wildlife fund, good. Hopefully they use it for good. I was reading an article that was that came up on my feed that koalas, because of these bushfires, and the bushfires are huge, and it, mm. it's mainly northern New South Wales, but the, it's covered a big area. It's like koalas now functionally extinct. And I clicked the article. And I was like, "That sounds like bullshit." This, this, I read the article. They're relocating koalas in off Phillip Island because they're a fucking plate. Yeah, like, and I was just thinking the same thing. Like, you drive down the Otways, there's koala in every tree that you look. Koalas are nowhere near extinct, as far as I know. And I think the article's been debunked since. It's like, it's like not actually true, but it's just it caused hysteria. And then you add that with a few pictures of third degree burned koala, and they're 1.8 mil. Yeah. Koalas. They, they said that, that article quoted uh, somewhere in the region of 300 koalas have died. That's fuck all. Yes. That's fuck all koalas. What is. And bushfires back in the day would have burnt 
straight through a place. It would have burnt from here to Cairns until the wind changed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the fucking everything's burnt out and they survive. Look, they're still around. Yep. Around. I just it gives me the shits where money like that is spent in I went to Hillsville Sanctuary. Fantastic place to visit, take the kids in Victoria. They've got a fucking hospital and they're operating on a tawny frog mouth and out. They're they're operating on this thing in the wing. Imagine the skills of that person who can make do surgery on a small bird. Is that fucking useful? Give it a bullet and Look, I think the tawny look. I don't know the tawny frogmouth. Is that that might be an endangered species? Would have to look into that. But let's say it is, just for argument's sake. Then do you save the one? Like people have got to be vets, right? Like we need animals. We got to keep the animals. We, I think the Aussie animals, like kangaroos, they're bloody everywhere. We don't really had a problem with kangaroos. You see echidnas everywhere, wombats, even koalas. I, I hope that those hospitals like this one is that, it, say, it's a vet student hospital, so they're practicing. They get the opportunity to practice on a live thing that with the, something that matters, but that that's where the resource is going. So somebody's learning from doing that operation because whatever thousands of dollars it costs to keep a tawny frog mouth alive and then you zip down the highway and fucking nail one on the grill of your car. <clears throat> yeah. Like a twenty. Look, I'm, I have empathy to a degree, and I'm all about Australian animals, and I'm all about sustainability, looking after the shit. But I just pisses me off when one point eight million dollars gets What's donated what, to so a fucking animal hospital. If koalas, if if it turned out koalas were good for erections, we would that'd be we'd be dragging them out of the trees and shipping them off with the echidnas. Like I don't know. They are. They've all got syphilis, don't they? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the opposite. Maybe they are. Yeah. Maybe they could be. Maybe that's their problem. Maybe they're the hidden. I think I've got a soft spot for the platypus. I think if you want to protect any animal in this country, you protect the platypus because they're a duck. They're a. They're not a duck. They're a badger. No, a beaver. They're a duck. They've got poisonous spurs. Are they a? a they're a, a mammal. Loof. No, no, they're... Uh, they're a marsupial. A marsupial, because they got a pouch. They lay eggs. No, they lay eggs. They're, what? They're their own thing. The fuck? The trippers. You're right. Yeah, so I'm they're the it. ones to look after. Yeah. Uh, kangaroos, I reckon there's probably enough kangaroos in zoos around the world that let's not worry about kangaroos. They're fine. Yep. Uh, koalas are one of my least favorite animals in Australia anyway. So Really? What's you know, they? Yeah. They're little wasted fellas. I reckon they represent us well. They just sleep heaps. They just get fucked up on gum leaves. And they're not that cute in real life. I don't think they, they they've got make bad noises. Bad noises. They've got sharp claws. Their bums are stick up and are all dirty. I How just, many koala bums have you? Hung I've yeah, seen a few koala bums. <laughs> seen the odd koala bum. You got a few koalas in Tassie? Uh, no koalas in Tasmania. Other really? than ones in captivity. Yeah. No, no, shit. no, we don't have koalas because we fucking know what a good animal is. We got platypuses. We yep. did have Tassie tigers. Got rid of them. They must have been good for boners, I imagine. That's um, the other thing with Tassie is they don't have koalas. We don't have foxes either. But there was a time where we were worried that we did have foxes. So there was a bounty for foxtails. So people were importing foxtails from the mainland. Ah, good. And then getting, Genius. trying to collect money for them. Mate, That that's... um. That's all about creating a market, right? Yes. We, we did this this week with our Instagram. I heckled you that your bitter man Instagram was shit and that the one off the wood Instagram was going to take over your Instagram followers by Sunday night last week. Yep. And so I went a bit hard on the Instagram and you said it was a false economy, that it was all bullshit. But mm-hmm. what I would say to that is that it's a really good economic 
example of how a free market or a market with competition actually brings out the best in suppliers and consumers because it's the better for everybody. If you look at it, right, both our Instagram accounts got more followers, had more activity, were putting mm-hmm. more shit out there. Yep. Appreciate it. And that was just because we all of a sudden had competition, whereas your, your Bitterman account might have been just sitting idle, ticking along. The one off the wood account, we do what we can on it. It's sitting there. But it was with some competition in the market to do better, to grab some market share. The tide raises all ships. But the problem is, yep, it did. And the Bitterman got a little boost out of it. But we also haven't posted on that since July because there's nothing to post. Mate, those followers, they'll be They're going to be very disappointed. They're not really dropping off on the Bitterman. We've I got, unfollowed them. We've got a really... I know you did, but you can fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. The Bitterman don't need you following them. But we've got a pretty staunch base in the Bitterman because they don't drop off. Like any other Instagram account, it slowly dwindles down. But but the bitter the bitter people, they're bitter for life. Once you've been exposed. Yeah. They're, the and they're happy with a post every six months. Shit, yeah, they are. <laughs> I like um, it. Yeah, no, that was good. That was you put a real rush on the Instagram there, and we've got a few new followers. So hopefully they're listening to the potty. I, I paid a bit more attention to it, and I looked up who was tagging hashtag one off the wood and um, hashtag one OTW, yeah. and and got around a few of them. And there's some people out there in pubs. There's a pub maybe in Bendigo, or Ballarat, and Victoria been posting us a bit, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but what was the pub in Bendigo? They they're getting right around it. If if you want to, um, I figured out, and I might have given people some false information, but if you got on your Instagram story and you're having a tin, smashing one off the wood, or in the park, or off the highway, or wherever it is, then yep. tag us at one off the wood in your Instagram story, because then I'll see it. Well, that comes up and we see that shit sh- Do we not see hashtag one? We see hashtags, but I've got to scroll through Instagram and I've got a job and, you know, I've got to chase Julie Bishop around the suburbs on the weekend. So, I've, you so know, just, just tag us in there, one off the wood. At one Use off the, the wood. hashtag. People are out there doing it. People are out there taking beer off the wood. And, it, you know, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> brings a tin to we my eye. We tried hand. to take one this afternoon off the wood. and It was, it was too, too fucking busy. Too busy. Was it the, the Coogee Bay Hotel? There's like five bars in there and all of them were lined up. So we just, we bought a six pack Forex instead. Walked up the street. Fuck yeah. Um, the, the pub underneath my work, my office building, is uh, called La La Rook, which is the other name for Truganini. Trav educated me on Truganini. Little wee rig. Huh? Wee rig Truganini. Truganini. Like five foot one. Did she? I think she was miniature. But it's like, we were taught in school that Truganini was the last Tasmanian Aborigine. And it's wrong to teach people that. Like, just because you're the last full-blooded something doesn't mean you're the, you know, it's it's almost a way of saying they're gone, they're died out. When there's thousands and thousands of people down there who have Aboriginal blood. So does that, you know, we were taught the wrong thing. There's still the culture still exists. The culture still exists. The people still exist. Just because Trug and Inny died, you didn't really get taught much about indigenous stuff in school, hey? Like, like uh, fuck all, like properly, properly fuck all. No, and you get maybe like what the dream time or the rainbow serpent or something like that. But I think it would give Australians more something more to be patriotic about if we did. I think so. Absolutely. Thanksgiving. And I might be wrong, but Thanksgiving in America is about thanking the native Indians. Is that what they're called? Yep. The 
Yeah. Yeah. The native Indians, America. This is their land. The first people. The indigenous people people of 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 North America. Yeah. Yeah. Thanking them for, you know, coming to peace and sharing their land with them. But that's why Australia Day being the 26th, people are off it because it's when we landed, it's like invasion day, that whole thing. And we celebrated that. And I think we celebrate being Australian, but it does... I get that it puts that divide. We don't celebrate the culture. But we also don't learn about it. Like you said, no. you don't embrace... Uh, maybe there's more now, and I think there should be, but yeah, 100%. Like, it should be a, a shared day because we're here now. We're all here together. So we should just celebrate Indigenous culture because they've got a longer longer history than we do here. So we should be... Yeah, we should be teaching it in schools more than ever. I think... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And there's so many different... I reckon one of the hardest things would be to... In teaching it, because Australia is so big, like, you can't take one Indigenous history or one Dreamtime story or... Like, in Victoria, they could they could talk about Bunjil down the surf coast. They could talk about the Indigenous Dreamtime there, but then Noongar people in Perth or up north Arnhem Land are going to be a lot more in touch with it because the people are there and around them. So there's all there's different, so many different stories yep. It would be hard, but maybe just um, yeah, even just to learn about your local your local area or even your local state, just to know, look, these are the the first people, and this is the different generations they had, and this is where they used to live, and this is what they did, and this is the language they spoke. There was somewhere down in Victoria, in Western Victoria, that the fish traps that got yeah, listed. Yep, where yep. was that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it's um, well, Western Victoria, somewhere. Yeah, they got listed as well protected site. Something but weren't they going like, to put a highway through it, and that's why it was in the news? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, that might have been really what check was in the news. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, I'm not sure what the outcome of that was. But they listed it as these fish traps are now like one of the like protected sites globally around the world. Yeah. you know, from from a historical and perspective, and uh, really like the Franklin River in Tassie. The reason that was saved is because of the caves there that had um, you know, evidence of of the oldest humans in Australia at the time. So that's one of the reasons why that got saved. Fair enough. Hey, um, fact checking stories. Yes. You told me a story that you heard and oh, I, yeah. so just I, prior to this. I heard this story. <clears throat> so the story is that there's a couple in Indiana that um, adopted a child from the Ukraine and they thought it was a six-year-old child that they've adopted but in some kind of horror movie twist it turns out that it was an adult with some sort of like dwarfism disease who has posed as a child and then maybe tried to kill them so <laughs> so that's what i got from you and i was like they're yeah. fucking some loose facts yeah. <laughs> let me this check doesn't out sound real. so i've read a few <laughs> articles and they are like my favorite article is the one that is obviously slightly biased but the dot point facts of the case is that the child so you've looked into this because yeah. i haven't looked into this i've Nat- just natalia regurgitated things. <laughs> yeah it's brilliant natalia she was adopted by the barnetts now she came to america by with another family and they at the barnetts adopted her under a emergency adoption policy um they they already had one kid in foster and they were like well we're affluent our blessings let's use that to adopt a second kid now the kid comes in and um, I'll read you some dot points here. So she obviously maintains she's not a child. Barnett said... Um, Wait, hang on. She maintains she's not a child. 
she, yeah. She, well, sorry, she, sorry. Uh, yeah, good, good call. She maintains that she is a child, or at the time was a child. This is from two thousand and nine, so a long time ago. Wait, 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 wait. Adopted wait. as a six-year-old. Hang on a sec. So she's not admitting to being an adult. Here's she maintains facts. she is not a child. She, she. Well, now she can't be. Ten years later, sixteen. She was adopted by Christine and Michael Barnett in two thousand and ten. Yep. In Florida. Um, Talia had already been brought to the country by another family. The Barnetts thought she was a six-year-old and they took her into her home. Yep. They quickly, um, she so showed signs. This is what they've said. Quickly showed signs she wasn't a six-year-old and they alleged that she tried to kill them and their other sons. Um, the couple now have been charged with child abuse because in 2013, so three years after adopting the six-year-old, they moved to Canada and left her in Florida by herself to fend for herself. So they said she was 22 at the time yeah, and an adult by this time. So it was fine to leave her by herself. Now, the pictures of this kid, I can see what they mean. You know, she's small. She's got a form of dwarfism. Yep. So that's understandable um, that, you know, she could be confused for an actual child. But what's um, what happened is creepily along the lines of a 2009 horror film called The Orphan where basically they adopt a kid that is not a kid and then the kid tries to poison them and so the parents have claimed that they caught this kid first of all they said oh she she seemed a lot older she was you know she had pubic hair as a six-year-old she was having periods a few red, years later red, red flag big red flag there <laughs> in the throwing the red flags into the um into the garbage she um they caught her pouring bleach into their coffee which is a bit shit uh, that's something a six-year-old would do because you know you know that coffee bleach and coffee obviously have a different taste and then um they said that they caught her standing over them in bed with sharp objects oh my god Looking at them. like that's if this is the worst advertisement for um adopting a child ever like because even if it's not like the, even if it's not an adult but if you wake up and the kid you've just adopted standing in the doorway <laughs> with a sharp object she looks a bit like greta thunberg as well which is fucking well that's they're obviously both, you know. greta's a friend of the podcast a bit funny looking though <laughs> yeah a bit like this kid um it, it's pretty confronting obviously have have you seen the documentary called the imposter no it's you gotta watch it but it's a similar story. It's this, it's this guy in um, from Fran- uh, from Spain, and he runs a scam where he says that he is a, a child, a sixteen year old. He's like twenty two yeah. or three, that um, disappeared in America, and he gets returned to the family. So he gets, it's a crazy story. But he gets returned to the U.S. And so has he like just got onto a missing missing persons thing and then decided something I'll be one like of that? I can't remember exactly yeah. how he got onto it, but yeah. he was in the in a system. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm this missing person. Yeah, didn't really look like him at all, and plus was about five years older. Gets sent back to the family. The family was so desperate to have their son back. They were just like, fuck yeah. Yep, I think that's him because he'd been gone for a long time. Shit. And um, yeah, it all unravelled and. Then they were, so it's a documentary. It's a documentary, and it, it, there's sinister twists in it, and it, it, it's yeah. a must-watch. It's called The Imposter. 
Fucking hell. Yeah, that sounds... Um, but a similar story. But That um, sounds pretty heavy. Like, this poor family, obviously, they're doing the right thing. So, I think this is where we've been made out to be like, this poor family's done the right thing. They've mm. This Ukrainian kid has turned up, not a six-year-old, obviously, here. In you know, one family's ditched her. They pick her on, take her up. And then, you know, shit goes a bit weird. And then they've like, fuck, we've got to get rid of her. Then they've mirrored the plot of this horror film. And then tried to ditch her and then run away to Canada. But the old man's just come out only recently, why it's back in the news, and said, no, no, we knew it was a kid. We knew it was a kid. At the time. We, we, we admit it was a child and we, we left it while we went to Canada. Oh, so I don't know, I'm confused. Is this, is this con- person this- a child or an adult? I, fuck, I have no idea. We need to watch I don't it. know I who think, to believe. I think she's going to be on Dr. Phil. We need to watch it. Watch this space. We'll find out. We'll find out what happened to the Ukrainian kids. We had a, we've had a Ukrainian on this podcast, Doctor Ollie. The, the oh yeah um, yeah yep yep. Talking about mate, their prime minister or the president of the Ukraine mm. is a He's comedian slash actor. So I don't know how much we can take from that. Yeah, country. I, was, I was talking about this something the other day. If you could choose a comedian slash actor from Australia. To be our prime minister, which one would you choose? Didn't you say Sean McAuliffe? Sean McAuliffe. Did we talk That's, about this? Already? We talked about that because I couldn't think of one the other day. I was, but uh, I think you I was said thinking that. Shooter Williams. You, but yeah, Sean McAuliffe for sure. Shooter Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's Definitely Shooter Williams. Williams. Carl Barron. I think things would be real simple. He like, would, right. Yeah. I've got money. You need money. Have some money. You do Socialism. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, Carl Barron would. He'd, he'd be able to get down to the... I reckon there'd be lots of cups of tea going down in Parliament. It's like, we've got, we're getting paid heaps. We're going to have heaps of tea. Heaps of tea. You do a good Carl Barron. <laughs> I like Carl Barron. You look like him, and I, you know, maybe yeah. that's why I like you. Mate, can I tell you um, what's got me frothing this week? I don't know if it's too early or not, but it, uh, it's got you me You tell me now, like, we don't... There's no rules here. I like that. Yeah, if no something's got here. you frothy. But the rule is you only get one thing. Yeah, yeah. I think we I'm strayed from that last time. <laughs> we always stray. So I no, froth a lot. One thing. <laughs> I've that. actually got two things. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I've got plenty of froth, but this um, I'm over here for a wedding weekend. East Coast. East Coastin, uh country wedding. So it's a couple of hours south. It's actually closer to Canberra than Sydney, but I thought I'd fly in here and we'd smash one off the wood while here. But yep. that's a, what's got me frothing country weddings, mate. Like this wedding was the venue was out of control. Good, like a amazing, very expensive country estate, um, art everywhere. Buildings. The the garden was like super old, established. So beautiful venue, but just country weddings in general. It could have been in a wool shed. It was in a wool shed, but it could have been in a actual wool shed. Yep. And it's the same shit. The people that turn up. There's guys like chatting to blokes from Coonabarra brand. People come up from Tennant Creek in in the territory like from victoria everywhere like it was people put in an effort and get around it and the country lads know how to hoe down that's for sure it's just a like yeah a different kind of crowd to what you normally get and because it's country and people have made the effort to travel you know they're they're locked in and like interested in who these people are and man i've absolutely frothed it it was it was um yeah, pretty epic little uh, do. And when the bride is the hottest chick at the wedding, you know, that's, um, it says a lot. She was obviously looking dashing and I don't think that's because she, you know, obviously did invite her hot friends along. Uh, she, every, there was a lot of attractive people there, but her... she was, what I'm trying to say is she was looking fantastic. 
and it's you know will you be very happy man out there shout out to will uh will and his wife who i don't you know if i want to say their names who but i think it's quite good looking yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. I was just thinking, I went to a very country wedding on the Tasman Peninsula a few years back and it was in a, um, it was in like the local hall, which was just wooden floor with like, um, a stage, but it just looked like a, like a shed. But then I was playing music at it actually. And then at the, and then they had like a spit roast outside. So it was real basic, but the party inside the, um, the shed with the wooden floors and everyone like stomping their feet in there. It was a full hoedown and it was it was Fuck, epic, yeah. absolutely epic. Like, so I mean, good. This, the amount of RMs at this uh, place, there's a bit of money around as well, a few people with some quite good, uh, earning some good coin around this place, but the amount of RM Williams at this uh, shindig was just out of control. A few Western boots dotted between it that you're going to have to get yourself some, Andy. They are, they're the every time boot anytime jeans suit mm. casual i wore mine with shorts just earlier today and i still felt good i think the batuta advocate which is a great publication um that they're always sort of taking the piss out of the uh inner city um concrete cowboy wearing his rms and yeah i mean they they've got you to a t in perth and yeah so i've kind of tried you know to avoid it but they're they're very sexy boots. there's a reason that they're so popular yeah, i want to pair and if you look, I've been upselling my office. So when I first started there, I was the only one. And one of the blokes, uh, young blokes, who's just started, has bought himself a pair and he gets them on Monday. So we're up to four of us in the office now wearing RMs. One more and I've got a majority. The RMs are the, uh, the boot of choice. Can you bulk buy, like get the whole office? Look, I, I, Qantas, shout out to Qantas, have a deal on at the moment, 20% off. Uh, or if you use your Qantas points on their online shop, they've just been advertising to me on Instagram. So there you go, Andy. 20% How many off. Qantas points you got, mate? You probably need fucking 15 million Qantas yeah, points to buy Qantas a pair. points, but I, I use them for flights, but I could yeah. use them for boots. You could use them but for boots. But 20% off. That's pretty good deal. You don't get discounts on RMs because these things will last. If anyone's thinking about it, Windsor Smiths, a suede boot, a leather boot, you buy a pair of them, they last you nine months, they start looking fucked, you milk three months out hey, of I them. Hey, I bought a pair... Three months ago, they After fell apart um, six weeks in. Yeah. And they did give me a replacement pair, but it just goes to show they're cooked. They're shithouse. Yeah. And Windsor they might- Smith, your shoes are shithouse. They might cost you 100, 120 bucks. It cost bucks. me almost, I think it cost me 150. I paid full price. Okay. So three sets of those, yep. three years, and you have your arms for life. That's, yep. That is a net present value positive NPV. Well, positive, and that's what we're after here. Good yeah. investments. <laughs> Good investments. Insider trading tips from yeah. one off the wood. Your Get yourself boots. some fucking RMs and look after them, and they'll look after you. The boot that gives back. The boot More about that them. gives back. Fuck, I'd be sick if they sponsored us. Yeah, can we, how can we get RM sponsorship? I think it's. I, don't, I think you've got to go well up the chain. Reginald Murray's long past. And I don't think they need think to sponsor anyone, owned, really. They're probably not really... And for those, I've been told a lot, oh, they're fucking owned, they're, they're built overseas. They're not. They're built in South Australia still, at the factory. Yep. The boots are all made in Australia. There's a price, if you look at the price, there's a reason. Well, if you look at the product, and obviously the cost, they're definitely made in Australia. Handmade for that price. Handmade in, in Australia. Australia. So, yep. that's bullshit. Yes, they might be owned internationally now. That's but like Blunston. Up and they were always handmade in Tassie, but 
up in a few years ago, I think they finally got shifted shifted overseas. So your blunnies... They're not made in Tassie no, anymore. No, no, Mate, even better reason to switch. And you can't wear your blunnies look, to work I'm with the suit. I'm not checking that, but I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm your, blunnies, your blunnies are bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, get on the RMs. Um, have you got something that's got you frothing? Yeah, I do actually. What, uh, yeah, it's a podcast actually. Oh, yeah? Ain't That Swell, which is the greatest surfing podcast that you can listen to at the moment is there a better one i quite like lipped i'm a big lips fan or lipped yeah especially when jimmy and kale have a tiff and that they're not talking about but you can tell there's yeah. undertones that they'd off each other the thing with lipped is jimmy's always been a bit of a cunt to kale and he, kale is the best thing <laughs> on that podcast so and look i'm sure they don't listen to us but jimmy pull your fucking head in mate because kale you got to give that guy free roam because he's got the inside info. Jimmy's real wants. passive, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. It's like, oh, you're not using the microphone correct again. That's yeah. the third time. How, how long have you been yeah, doing this podcast, like, no, Kale? you can't talk about this it's now because like, we're going to talk about it later. fucking hell, mate. Just Settle down. Strap up. But just I let think him tell a story. Edit it later. Lipped podcast, you're right. That's probably That's the good. best podcast for getting deep analysis on, yep. on competition. Um, Ain't That Swell is the funniest by the far. The loosest motherfuckers yep. getting around. But their latest podcast, it's like a four-hour journey. And they, they managed to get Tulsi Gabbard or whatever her name is, Hawaiian running for president for an hour. And they were all excited about that. I couldn't give two fucks, to be honest. And I fast-forwarded through that. Yep. It's like American politics. Why, why, why do we give a shit? But um, yeah. she seems cool, though. She was on Rogan as well. Yep. Um, but Jody Cooper, who was an uh, pro surfer, ex- Aussie. Yeah. Aussie pro surfer from the 90s, uh, 2000s. She's on there for an hour and she tells she tells a great story and there's heaps of great stories. But she tells a story about um, getting punched in the head by Johnny Boy Gomes, who's a notorious Hawaiian psychopath surfer from the 90s. And it's one of the like edgiest seat stories I've ever heard. It was like, oh, and you just come out the end thinking... This chick is a fucking bad motherfucker. Like, she is hardcore. Um, so, you got to listen. Like, skip the Tulsi stuff and go and listen to Jodie Cooper's story because she's got, yeah, like one after another, just epic stories. For the frothing. I'm excited about you coming back with a, with the one episode. Yep. I really hope that it... I'm so going to try be... my best not to direct it in, you know, certain areas. Say, like, you know, the Goldie or you know family members friends of friends that i well, know here, so something. look i can run Not some that. questions by it. we've done the ethnicity chat so i kind of know where we're going there but if you want to talk about like you want to be near the coast right you want you want to have so. access I need to surf. surf like darwin for example no good. great place yep but doers that's fine. just long term plenty, of, can't plenty do of places but the thing i will say about darwin six to one blokes to girls girls are up there looking for dudes and the okay. people that are there aren't necessarily living there long term. So we need to kind of factor in, you know, that there might be a place to collect one. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll weigh up the options for you. And the other thing is how close for your family do you want to be? Some people yep. might want to get okay. away. Some might want to be closer. So Okay. I'll bring you the options. I think we're catching up uh, in a week and a half's time for another podcast in WA. Yep. West is best. So I'll, I'll have it ready to go then. Okay, super. And I'll just a quick shout out to Harry Fisher, our mate from Fire to Fork, who I 
it doesn't look too serious. And I did actually initially laughed and I was like, fuck, I just need to work on being more empathetic. So I did send him a message to work but, on uh, my empathy. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, he's broken his fucking back, jumped into a river or something and, and Where cracked he, a vertebrae. Where was he, in Kimberley or somewhere? Is that Up near Kununurra. Kununurra. He ended up in Kununurra Hospital. So he's uh, broken the T12 or something. I don't think it's too important. I mean, you know, it's lower back and uh, he <laughs> yeah. seems all right. He's, he's broken he's, his back. <laughs> Hopefully, he's okay. I really wish he was in the hospital in Perth, and we could go take the gear and in, and do a potty from the hospital. Let's um, even if let's see if we can get him to to dial in, yeah, next next podcast and just check in on his health. All right, but well, shout out to Harry. Get he needs well to see Doctor Booney. He needs to get. Yeah, a, we'll get Booney on the phone. <laughs> Doctor well. Booney to analyze his X ray for that. I've actually, I feel bad for Doctor Booney. I've, I've, you know, he did say it's great to catch up with mates when they send you a text or two, but over the last two three weeks with my situation i've texted him a fair bit so i'm going to drop him around a few tins yep. and say thanks because you know i've milked that relationship a little bit too far and if, if you want to know mm. what you're talking about there go back to the last episode blue balls because you did have a pretty horrendous um accident on a ball but how are the the balls the colors just fading today obviously better and better you can see my leg still colored so we're three weeks since the incident yep the colours just leaving my ball still a little bit off coloured, but yep. um, very stiff in the back, not good. And is there any lasting damage to the to the dick and balls that you're noticing, or do you think it's going to be okay? I'd like to give it a good run at some point. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, so anyone not on the out podcast, there, but I haven't. Uh, just slide into the DMs if you want to help. Was give it a good run. <laughs> hey, uh, look. Let's let's wind this up because we're actually going to achieve a goal, which is a podcast under an hour. Have you got a tune for us? I've got a I tune. I believe you do. I do. I come with the goods. I've got this tune. Yep. Um, so this this is a, a chick rock band from Perth called Legs Electric. So all female lineup. Four chicks. Yep. Females, rockers. And they, um, they were going to support Kiss, actually, when they were coming over, but Kiss cancelled their tour. Fuck so you, like, Kiss. Yeah, fuck you, kiss. So they're getting it done, um, pretty sweet. And the, one of the one of the chicks in this is this is how I came across them is that she's actually a client of mine from work, right. and I won't say who it is, but we were chatting, and she turns out she's in a rock band. I was like, that's pretty outrageous. And then in this meeting, I thought, well, I'll give her something back here. Turns out I, you know, work in finance, but also like to ride bulls on the weekend. That's so we had a little there. back and forth laugh about how we have these hidden lives from our work clients and people. And I've been following them on Instagram and they're, um, this tune's pretty sick. So she definitely doesn't know I have a podcast and I'd hope to keep that up my sleeve. So we may not tag them, but uh, we've do yourselves a favour. We've got to tag them. <laughs> Look them up. Who's the band? Legs Electric. Legs Electric. And the song that we can play is, I think it's their latest one actually, Tuesday Girl. Tuesday so Girl. Get around this. Bit of rock from, from P-Town. You Perth yeah. rock. Tuesday something. Tuesday Girl. Tuesday Girl. Legs 11. <laughs> Legs electric. Legs electric. Legs electric. Tuesday girl. Huru. Fucking Huru. Huru.